You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Jason, you may need to check the temperature thing. I might have set that to like meat locker. It got, it was getting a little warm in here and now I kind of see people putting their coats on. So hopefully it's not that you're getting ready to leave uh, about halfway through here. So you may want to check. I don't know what I set it on. Just, I just turned the air on and we can start hanging meat in here if we need to. Hey, we're uh, starting a new series here. Um, I'm calling Dumping Toxic Waste. And, uh, you know, Jason does a lot of the, all the stuff you see in the bulletin up there. I mean, Jason creates all of that for me. He's a very, very talented uh, guy, and I appreciate all the work that he puts into uh, all of our, our visual uh, things up there because it's really uh, great just to have stuff that really kind of ties in with what we're talking about. So I just wanted to just acknowledge that and thank him for all his hard work on that. So we're going to be kind of uh, starting a series called Dumping Toxic Waste. Now, the book of Proverbs says there's really basically three kinds of people. First, the book of Proverbs says there are wise people. Second thing, it says there are foolish people. Now, Andy, the guy in the video, he's kind of one of those foolish people, all right? And third, there are what we call evil or wicked people. Now, in reference to this third group, the evil, wicked people, Psalm 48, uh, 54, verse 8 says this, their poison is like the poison of serpents or snakes. So some people are just flat out poisonous, or, and, and we would kind of call those people toxic people. Now, the Bible talks about, again, different kinds or types of toxic people, and one of them is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. And there he says, stay clear of pious or religious talk that's only talk. And again, that, that's the religious toxic person. That's a type of person that really kind of talks a good talk. They talk about God. They maybe kind of say things, and then they'll kind of add, you know, praise the Lord or amen onto the end of it. But they're really not living it. And, and Paul's counsel to us in really kind of dealing with those kind of people um, is found there in 2 Timothy 2.16 because he goes on to say, stay clear of pious talk that's only talk, Words are not mere words, you know. If they're not backed up by a godly life, he says they accumulate as poison in the soul. So it's poisonous, and it becomes toxic and more toxic when people talk the talk of religion, but they're really not committed to following God. And then Paul kind of goes on, and he actually identifies Two people who kind of fall into that category, and he goes on and he says, Hymenaeus and Philetus are examples, throwing believers off stride and totally missing the truth by a mile. So again, you'll find there are kind of a lot of religious, you know, churchy people out there, and they kind of have this outward appearance of godliness but really underneath the surface, they're very poisonous and they're very toxic. 
Now, even Jesus himself had to deal with these kinds of people all the time. In fact, there were kind of two uh, very toxic, very poisonous groups back in the days of Jesus. And one group was called the Sadducees, okay? And they were kind of this left-leaning, liberal, the we don't believe in the resurrection, we don't believe in heaven, we don't believe in the soul crowd. They were kind of the theological liberals of their day. The other toxic, really poisonous group was called the Pharisees. Now, they were kind of the exact opposite in that they were kind of the right-wing leaning. They were the conservatives. They were the legalists who saw their whole job as really going around and just making all of these rules and regulations for everybody else. And then they set themselves up as kind of the religious police. And they were always going around and correcting and enforcing their rules and regulations. And the interesting thing is, Jesus didn't have a whole lot of use for either group. And he actually dealt with them quite bluntly and forcefully. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 12, verse 1, Jesus issues this advice in regards to the Pharisees. He says, beware or be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. And then he kind of identifies that. He says, they're hypocrisy. Now, yeast in the Bible is often used to kind of represent evil. And Jesus said, just a little bit of yeast can get in and really kind of leaven the whole batch of bread. And he's saying just a little bit of Phariseeism, uh, just a little bit of toxic religion in your life can really ruin the whole batch. It can mess up your life. I mean, it can impact your attitude in a very negative way. It can destroy friendships. It can devastate marriages. And that's why Jesus kind of cautions us and warns us. And he says, you've got to avoid, you've got to resist the yeast, the evil, the toxicity, the poison of the Pharisees. Now, to make this practical, let me kind of give you a few traits or characteristics of toxic faith or toxic people. These are indicators of people who who may have very toxic, poisonous faith. Again, the first trait of a toxic person is legalism. Okay, legalism is when people are more concerned about uh, rules than they are people. Okay, they're more concerned about observing rituals than really addressing or helping to meet people's needs. Now, legalism is that which says you've got to earn your way to heaven, which, you know, the Bible makes very clear you can't do that. And legalism says that that God only smiles or God is only happy with you when you're keeping certain rules and regulations and and being, you know, good boy or good girl. Legalism, again, says it's not about the relationship. Legalism says it's about the rules and the regulations. And again, legalists, they always have a huge very lengthy list of rules, regulations, rituals, policies. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a rule, a regulation, a ritual, or a policy for a particular area, they will gladly design one for you. So the question really kind of becomes, are you going to live by rules or are you going to live by relationships? 
Because here's the thing that's really kind of important to keep in mind. The greater, the deeper the relationship, the fewer rules you need. The greater, the deeper, the more intimate relationship, the fewer rules you need. When you have trust, you don't have to go out and begin creating policies to keep people in line, to kind of keep people under your control. You you have a relationship, and out of that, you're able to just simply trust people. So again, how do you identify a legalistic Christian? It's very easy. You spot a legalistic Christian because they're always the ones who are always getting offended. Toxic legalist Christians get offended by everything. They've got their what to do, what not to do list, what to say, what not to say list, and anytime you do anything on their what not to do list or don't do what's on their what to do list, they're up in arms and they're offended. If you say something that's on their what not to say list or you don't say something that's on their what to say list, uh, they're, they're shocked and they're just disappointed and they're, they're ready to be through with you. Again, people who are legalists, that they're offended all the time and they kind of are in this state of perpetual offendedness. Luke eleven thirty eight records the reaction of one Pharisee something, uh, to, uh, about something Jesus did. And there it says, the Pharisee was shocked and somewhat offended when he saw that Jesus didn't wash up for meals. He didn't wash his hands before dinner. And for the Pharisee, that was a huge offense. Jesus didn't wash his hands before eating, and because the Pharisees were more into rules and regulations than relationships, they were easily offended by what Jesus did. The second trait characteristic of toxic people is hypocrisy. I mean, you see this all the time in toxic religious people. You know what hypocrisy is? It's you don't do what you say you believe in. You've got all of these rules and beliefs. And again, you're there to kind of push them on everybody else to make sure everybody else is doing them, but not keeping them yourself. You tell people one thing, and then you kind of do the exact opposite. So again, a hypocrite is someone who will kind of act in different ways uh, in different groups of people. So you'll, you know, a hypocrite may act one way at church and then they'll, uh, they'll act totally a different way when they're on the golf course with the guys. You get, you know, you act one way with your children, you act another way at work. And again, you've got your life kind of segmented, compartmentalized, and you just act in different ways depending on where you're at or who you're with. And again, that is the trademark of kind of a hypocrite. The Bible says in Matthew 23 that the toxic religious leaders, the Pharisees, again, they were experts at hypocrisy. And Jesus says in verse 3, again, referring to the Pharisees, he said, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. It's like saying, do what I say, not what I do. And that was the Pharisees. And again, it led them, and it just brought them to a place where where they were, uh, again, hypocrites. A third trait characteristic of, of toxic people is they're good at guilt trips. Okay? Not guilt trips on themselves, but guilt trips on everybody else. 
One of the things they love to do is they love to make other people feel guilty. Again, it's one of the uh, favorite tools of toxic religious people. Toxic people love to use the word should, must, have to, ought to. They're also very good at shaming, blaming, condemning, denouncing, and just piling on guilt trips. And they're pros at loading guilt onto the lives of other people. Again, Matthew 23, verse 4 says it this way. And again, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and he said, they crush people. Now, again, notice, they don't crush themselves. They crush other people, and he goes on to say, with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. An indicator that someone is toxic is is by using guilt trips, And, and oftentimes you'll hear someone maybe blaming their unhappiness on you. And again, when that happens, you know that that person is toxic. Anytime anyone tries to make their happiness dependent upon how you act or what you do, they are both a victimizer and they are a toxic, poisonous person. They'll say things like, if you would just change, if you would just be different, then things would be better, things would be greater for me. A fourth trait characteristic of a toxic religious person is they're always nitpicking. People who love to find fault in what others say or do are toxic. Nitpickers are, again, they're always pointing out the mistakes of others. I mean, you may be doing something, and you got it like 96% right. A nitpicker is someone who will come and just kind of begin to identify the 4% you didn't get right. Nitpickers, again, they tend to be very judgmental. They're critical of actions and particularly critical of your words. Another trait of toxic people is they like to take your words and then just kind of begin to twist them. Again, the Pharisees were experts at this. And again, an example of their nitpicking traits are found in Matthew 22, verse 15. And it says, the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap Jesus in his own words. See, nitpickers, they're always looking for ways to trap you with your words. Nitpickers are people who will say, you said this, and your response may be, well, that's not exactly what I meant. The nitpicker will respond by saying, well, it doesn't matter what you mean, you said this. And again, they're always looking for a way to trap you. And again, Jesus never tolerated, he never put up with this kind of nitpicking. And you'll see Jesus' response to them there in Matthew chapter 12, verse 7. He said, if you had any idea or if you had any clue what this scripture meant, and then he kind of quotes this verse from the Old Testament book of Hosea, he says, I prefer a flexible heart to an inflexible ritual. In other words, Jesus is saying what's inside of you is much more important than what you're doing. And he goes on to say, I prefer a flexible heart to an inflexible ritual. You wouldn't be nitpicking like this. Again, what generally happens are toxic people or or religious people, they just tend to be very black and white thinkers. 
It's either all or nothing. There's no gray area. You're either all bad or you're all good. There's no in-between, and there's certainly no room for grace. So again, those are just some of the traits, the characteristics of religious, poisonous, toxic people. They're legalistic, hypocritical, good at guilt trips, and nitpickers. Some other traits I won't cover are toxic people are also good at maligning motives, pronouncing people guilty by association. That happened to Jesus all the time. I mean, he'd be hanging, you know, with the sinners, and they were constantly criticizing and nitpicking Jesus for that. I mean, flattery, intimidation, pressure, and gossip. These, again, these are all traits of a toxic religious person. So how do you handle toxic, poisonous, religious people? The same way Jesus did. How did he do it? Two ways. First, realize it's not about you. It is not about you. When somebody is toxic, they're going to try to blame it on you. They're going to try to make you responsible for their toxicity. They're going to try to make you responsible for their pain and their problems. But you got to remember, it's really not about you. It is really about them. And every time you blame somebody else for your pain or your unhappiness, you spell blame, be lame, okay? So every time you blame somebody else for your unhappiness, you're being lame. So when you're dealing with toxic religious people, you got to realize it's not about you. I love what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 13. He says, if it is possible... If, notice that word, not it is, but if, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, again, I just want to highlight two phrases there. The first one is if, the second one is as far as it depends on you. Again, those are two amazing qualifiers. If you haven't figured this out yet, you need to. It's not always possible to live at peace with certain people. Okay, you just got to come to terms with the fact there are people in your life, no matter what you do, they're still going to poke you in the eye. There are just some people, no matter how hard you try, you're just not going to be able to get along with them. And with those people, you have to realize that it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with them, their pain, their problems, their hurts. And there are three things that God wants to say to you and I about toxic people in our lives. And first, you didn't create it. In other words, you didn't create their toxic, poisonous behavior. If you've got a person, you're around a person who's super fearful or super bitter or they're super envious or they're belittling, nagging, nitpicking, they chose to be and to act that way. You did not create their behavior. They might want to blame you for it, but you're not responsible. They are. It's their choice. You did not create it. Second is you can't control it. No matter how hard you try, you cannot control somebody else's behavior. Whether those behaviors are good, bad, negative, positive, toxic, whatever, you cannot control it. Most of us, when we get a toxic, 
person in our life, we feel guilty. And we say things to ourselves like, maybe they're like this because of me. Maybe they're like this because of something I said or did. And again, this is one of the myths of parenting. This is the myth that says, if I am the perfect parents, my kids will turn out perfectly. Well, you know what? There's only one perfect parent in all of life, and that is God. Remember, God created Adam and Eve. God was the perfect father. He puts them in the perfect environment, and guess what? They still messed up. Are you going to be a better parent than God? I mean, if God can have kids that mess up, guess what? Some parents I know carry a lot of false guilt. Their kid goes and does something bad, and, and, and they beat themselves up saying, if only I had done things differently, if only I had been there more, if only I had been a better parent. Every kid ultimately makes their own choice, and no matter how hard you try or wish differently, you cannot control someone else's behavior. Third, you won't change their behavior. None of us, no matter what your intentions, you can have the best of intention. You can never change somebody, <coughs> excuse me, somebody else's behavior, so don't even try. When you've got a crazy maker, when you've got a toxic person in your life, it is a colossal waste of time and energy to try and change them. Why? Because nobody changes until they decide they're ready and motivated to change. So you can't change anybody. You can only change yourself. And how many of us realize that's a lot harder job than we realize? And if we struggle changing ourselves, imagine the challenge of trying to change somebody else. People only change when the fear of change is exceeded by pain. When pain gets greater than the fear of change, that's when people are motivated and ready to change. But until that happens, nothing is probably going to change. The amazing thing is a lot of toxic, poisonous people have an amazing high tolerance for pain. Some people are more afraid of changing themselves than they are of handling the pain they create for themselves and everybody else, so they just choose to live in misery. And they share that misery. They spread that misery around. So you didn't create it. You can't control it. And you're not going to change it. So again, you need to realize it's not about you. Second thing Jesus did and you need to do when dealing with toxic religious people is if you can, if it's possible, disconnect and let them go. Now, I realize, you know, there may be some relationships in your life where that's just not an option. What I'm referring to here are people that are in your life who are causing pain and chaos and you don't have to be around them. I'm talking about friends or neighbors, co-workers, you know, distant relatives, people you've made no commitment to. So how did Jesus handle toxic people in his life who wanted to hurt him? Matthew chapter 12, verses 14 through 15, 
Again, it says the Pharisees went out and they plotted. Have you noticed, you know, toxic, bitter people kind of like to hang out together in groups, okay? Toxic people form little toxic nightclubs, and they're kind of there to support and encourage one another in their toxicity. And it says the Pharisees, they went out and they plotted, they planned how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, look what Jesus did. Jesus withdrew from that place. That seems pretty simple to me, doesn't it? The toxic religious leaders are plotting, they're planning to kill Jesus, and Jesus just says, I don't think I'll go there. Okay, again, you don't have to have a doctorate to understand this, right? You just don't show up. You just don't go where toxic, poisonous people are. If you've got toxic people in your life that keep calling you on the phone, use caller ID and just don't answer their calls or change your number. If you've got toxic people who keep emailing you, there's a very simple way on your computer to block that person's emails. If you've got a toxic person who keeps showing up at, you know, cabin coffee or jitters, sorry, Candy, Uh, again, Choose a new coffee hangout until they're gone, then go back, okay? It's real simple. Jesus found these Pharisees to be extremely toxic people. They wanted to do him harm, and he simply withdrew from their place. Jesus, he did the right thing, the smart thing, the wise thing. And you and I, we need to do the same thing with those toxic, poisonous people in our lives. You pull back. You withdraw, you separate yourself, you disconnect, and you let them go. Now, those of you that know me know I really tend to be a people pleaser to a huge fault. And I think most pastors are. And early on in the life of this church, every time somebody got upset and left the church, I would take it so personal. I mean, it it, it wounded me when people would come to me and say, we're going to a different church. I mean, my immediate response would be, what do you mean you're going to a different church? Everything in me wanted to do whatever I could do to keep them at this church. And I would just take it as kind of personal rejection um, if they left. And, And it hurt. It bothered me. I mean, I would stew on that sometimes for weeks. There was one couple many years ago, I'm not going to name them, that I, you know, kind of came to discover was a very, very toxic uh, couple. I I found out they had really kind of been in every church in Mason City at least twice, and they left those churches because they were constantly being offended by something the pastor or other people in the church uh, did or or said. And while it was our turn to kind of host uh, this very toxic couple, and I remember one Sunday after service, they kind of approached me and and told me how upset and offended they were by something that happened during the service and that they were leaving the church. It had nothing to do uh, with me, and I remember just being devastated, and and I just really kind of spent the whole next week kind of thinking and, and, you know, planning and, and rehearsing ways and things that I could say, you know, to try to get them back. Now, our folk may not remember this couple, 
because it was many, many years ago, and I was talking to Arv uh, one day about this couple, and, and Arv knew this couple and, and had been with them in other churches in Mason City, and he knew that they were a very toxic, very religious, poisonous uh, couple, especially uh, the wife, and, and I told Arv, you know, I, I think I'm just going to call them, I'm going to go and, and visit with them, and I'm just going to try to talk them into coming back to the church, and I remember Arv, I don't know if Arv remembers this, I remember Arv looked at me and he said, you better be careful, you're not trying to bring back something God has removed. I'd never forgotten that. And over the past several years, I, I've learned, just let people go. Now, when I see, you know, toxic religious people in our church, and I, I just kind of sense these, these are not the kind of people that are going to be a blessing here at Praise Community Church, I just simply say, God, change their heart or just get them out of here. Um, there are going to be toxic people in your life. They're going to be in your workplace, in your neighborhood. They're even going to be in the church. And oftentimes, we just got to choose to let it go. We just got to disconnect um, and, and just separate ourselves from them. You know, sometimes pastoring, it's like preaching to a parade. You know, you kind of see this group of people, they're coming up, and you're like, hello, you know, how are you? Good to have you here, you know, and, and they're here for a while, and then off they go, and, and you're kind of saying goodbye, you know, nice to know you, have a good life. And, and again, oftentimes, sometimes you just feel like you're preaching to a parade. And, and I'm learning uh, and, and getting better at kind of just being okay with that, especially when it comes to people that I kind of really perceive are very, very toxic, poisonous uh, people. Again, the one thing I'm learning about toxic religious people is, again, they'll try to control you, and they'll play this martyr role, and they'll say, you really offended me. And again, their expectation is that because they have been so offended by something you said or did, that it, it's now on you. The burden now is on you to do whatever you have to do, to say whatever you need uh, to say, um, and, and just kind of try to soothe them and try to win them over um, and, and make it better. And what I'm learning is it never lasts very long. As soon as they're over that offense, I find along comes another one and another one and another one. And before long, you're spending all your time trying to just smooth, you know, their ruffled feathers back in place. And the more you do it to make it better, the more quickly they become offended, and the more they expect you to do more to correct it. Now, when I know someone is very toxic and they're easily offended, I purposely just try to say or do something offensive right away just to kind of keep them, <laughs> keep them moving right out, you know, the front door. Because, again, a, a toxic, poisonous person, if they're left here for a long time, they can do a lot of damage in fact, this is what Jesus said about people who get offended unnecessarily, you know, again, in a very toxic, poisonous way. Jesus had been out speaking to a crowd, and he said some very, very tough things to the crowd. In Matthew 15, 12, we read, his disciples came and asked Jesus, do you realize you have offended the Pharisees by what you just said? And Jesus' reply, get this, ignore them. They're blind guides leading the blind. Isn't that amazing, the kind of Savior we have? How, how Jesus understood how he kind of dealt with them, was quick to deal with them. Again, we would be wise to understand and to also deal quickly with them. 
And again, there are just some people who are unappeasable. There are some toxic people in your life that Jesus would tell you to ignore, disconnect, withdraw, separate yourself from, get on with life. And it sounds good, sounds right to me, and I hope it does to you. Amen? Amen. Let's just stand together this morning and just pray. Father, again, we just thank you. And Lord, I just pray for any, any people here this morning that are really dealing uh, with, with maybe toxic, religious, or just poisonous people. And God, as we've kind of described a lot of the behaviors and the characteristics, and there may be people here this morning that, that people are just coming to mind as, as we're describing uh, these toxic, poisonous people. And Father, I pray, Lord, that for people that are, are, are dealing or are in relationship or are associated with those kinds of people, and God, as they're able to kind of look and, and to see the damage that, that they're doing to the, the, their lives, Lord, I pray, Father, again, you'll give them wisdom just as you gave to Jesus. Father, you'll give them direction just as you gave to Jesus. You'll give them courage to just do the right thing, the godly thing. God, I, I just come against any, any false, you know, burden-bearing, false guilt that the devil likes to put on us, to, to, that, that says to us, oh, you just need to try harder. You, you need to stay committed to them. And Lord, oftentimes that's, that's the enemy keeping us uh, with people, Lord, that are, again, very toxic and very poisonous, and again, Father, we see in the life the example of Jesus, how he dealt with very toxic and very poisonous people. And God, let that be our example. So again, Father, I just pray, Lord, for those here this morning that are dealing with, with those kinds of people in their lives. God, again, I just pray you'll give them direction. You'll just give them, uh, again, godly discernment, that, God, you'll, you'll give them, again, uh, just the ability to see what needs to be done, the courage, the commitment, the steadfastness, just to follow through with that. So, Father, I just uh, thank you, Lord, and again, as, as a church, Father, we do not want to be a toxic, poisonous people. So, God, as we share, if there's any of those characteristics, any of those indicators in us. God, we just pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just bring that to our attention. That, God, you'd help us, Lord, to be able to see the ways that maybe we're being toxic for others. And again, God, as we repent, as we turn from that, as we look to you, that, God, you're going to create in us a new heart. You're going to give us a right spirit, God, that we can begin uh, to, to change, to be redeemed, to be restored in those areas of brokenness. So, again, God, give us courage to be able to see into our own hearts, into our own lives, that, Lord, judgment would begin here in this house of God, and that, Lord, we would be striving that, God, we would be reaching to follow the example, to be imitators of Jesus in everything we say and in everything we do. And so, God, we just ask, Lord, for any of those elements in our lives, Father, we ask for your mercy. We ask for your grace, that your blood would cleanse us, that your blood would free us, 
from those characteristics, those traits, and that, God, we would just be able to walk free, that, God, we would be able to walk uh, in joy, in peace. And so, again, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would continually be at work in this church, in, 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 in each one of us, God, making us more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.